We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. To a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 after dark show the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night welcome ladies and gentlemen to the wednesday evening edition of the field of 68 after dark here on sirius xm channel 84 this is the espnu station we are live right now over on youtube if you're watching there hit that like button hit that subscribe button jump in the chat ask us some questions roast me about my uh my photo on the thumbnail it is fine i can deal with it i can take it. my name is rob doster i'm joined by my partners in crime tonight the rifleman clemson's own terrence oglesby and certified loser boy and our resident spartan fan the one and only carter elliott we are presented by our partners over at bet river sportsbook fellas one more sleep one more sleep and the madness is back. Uh, we have we have four games to talk about on Thursday afternoon. Uh, the first one that we need to get into, Villanova and Michigan. Carter, you have a very uh, unique relationship with this this uh, this this Michigan program and this Michigan team. Can you talk to us? You were, so we were at the uh, we were at the casino on uh, Thursday and Friday, right? The first couple wins. You guys stayed. You, I, I went back home because I couldn't take, I couldn't take any more time at the casino. But you and Greg, you and producer Greg Waddell stayed. And where, where did you watch the the Sweet Sixteen games? Uh, we actually, uh, it, there was two places. One we watched in probably some hole in the wall bar in the streets of Philly, and then I also watched Michigan State play Duke in a local Applebee's in Toledo, Ohio where I got a two for 24 with my good co-host Gregory. And it was a great time until I saw Jeremy Roach absolutely put an NBA three deep into my heart. And I was a sad, sad man. It was a fun game to watch. <laughs> though. Goodness me. Hey, listen, man. Was it fun? T.O. Was it really fun though? Was it, was it actually fun? <laughs> the thought of you uh, having to pay for the tab while sitting at an Applebee's while that happening is, is pretty good for me. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're in the content biz, business carter it's all about uh it's all about celebrating your failures at this point i guess uh anyway let's talk about this matchup let's talk about how it's going to break down villanova is a five-point favorite according to bet rivers i want to ask you guys this and we're going to go game through game uh breaking this stuff down but we're, i, I want to ask you guys this 
what is the what is the X factor? What's the most important matchup here? What is it going to be uh, the thing that decides this game? I'm gonna we're gonna talk about all four of these games. I want to go Villanova and Michigan first. To I'm going to you on this one. What is what, what's the X factor in that matchup? Which post player wins? Like, and it's going to be the post player Hunter Dickinson or Colin Gillespie? Because I'm curious to find out how either team guards either guy. That's the biggest thing going in. When Colin Gillespie gets the ball in the post, are you throwing a second defender at him? Who are you going to have guarding him to begin with? Is Hunter Dickinson going to be guarding out on the perimeter? Are you going to try to keep him in? Interested to see what Juwan Howard does with him. And then on the other side, Villanova has traditionally switched one through five. It's not good news for Villanova if Colin Gillespie gets stuck down there on Hunter Dickinson. There's no wrong wrong or right, right way to cut it. It's going to be difficult for him to be able to operate down there defensively. How soon are they going to throw the help towards him? And then is Hunter Dickinson going to be able to make that extra pass? He struggled with that at times, passing out of the post, passing out of double teams. That's been an issue for him at certain points during this season. It's the battle of the post players. One just happens to be six foot two. The other one happens to be seven foot two. Carter I'm 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 just a little offended that you were talking about post players and you had the audacity to put Colin Gillespie in there with Hunter Dickinson I know, I know where you're going with it I know where you're going with it but we always talk <laughs> about point guard play on here and you had your one chance to talk about the big men and you threw Colin in there uh for me I think the x factor is going to be whoever's going to be that one other person that when they send that double because I believe that Villanova is going to send that double at Hunter Dickinson And I think it's going to have a lot to do with if a guy like Eli Brooks or a guy like Caleb Houston is ready to step up and knock down shots, Um, especially Caleb Houston, because he's been so often on this year. For anyone who's watched Michigan basketball, Caleb Houston, sometimes when he plays in Ann Arbor, looks like one of the best shooters in the country. Like his form is beautiful. He knocks down threes. It looks great. And it really keeps the defense on their toes and you can't really send a double team off of him. But there's also times where, like you saw last game, he can go 0 for 6. 0 for 7, you know, those type of games happen for him. So I think him having the ability to knock down threes when they send that double, uh, I think are going to be huge in this game. So I'm really looking forward to what Houston's going to do in this game and maybe even a guy like Eli Brooks continuing to step up like he did last game. Mine's kind of along the, the same lines as both of you. I think it's going to end up being Jermaine Samuels, right? Because what Villanova has done basically for the last decade has uh, been switching into mismatches that are bad for them, right? They're not afraid to to have their point guard guarding bigger players. They're not afraid to have their big guys getting switched out onto uh, lead guards. They're very they've been ahead of the curve on kind of the uh, the modernization of basketball. They've been doing this for a long time. Um, what that means is that Jermaine Samuels is going to get switched into mismatches quite a bit, and it means that Eric Dixon is going to get switched into mismatches quite a bit, and it means that you're going to have some of these guards guarding some of these bigger players. And to me, what it comes down to is, will Jermaine Samuels be better at defending some of the bigger bodies that Michigan has than Michigan's players are at defending him out on the perimeter? And like Samuels, I want him to be better than he is, right? I want him to be, I mean, with his athleticism, he's been in Michigan for four years. I feel like at this point he should be an NBA player. That's what the, that's what Villanova does. They churn out pros that are basically built like him, and it hasn't happened. And I, I think if he if he gets 15, right, if he knocks down three or four threes, then that, that to me is kind of the uh, the difference maker here. I need I need official predictions from you guys on this. T.O., I think we've talked about it. You're on Villanova, right? Yeah, I like Villanova. I think they're just going to be able to figure it out. And, and another reason is because they just never get rattled. And I know Greg Waddell's not going to be too happy with what I'm saying, but this Michigan, uh, Michigan team 
they've been so up and down. And Caleb Houston, I, I, I'm telling you, I've watched five or six games. I, I know his percentages are great, but he just I, I've only seen him hit one myself. And I, it's it's like he's so inconsistent. You need him to be really good. But I like your point, uh, Doster, about Jermaine Samuels, because he has to be good in order to pull Hunter Dickinson away from the rim. I think that's one thing yeah. to look at, too. I'm, I'm betting on Samuels in that matchup. What about you, Carter? Yeah, um, I'm going with Villanova in this game. I don't think it's going to be a runaway like some people. Like, I've seen a couple things out there where Villanova's just kind of run away with this basketball game, you know, bring Hunter Dickinson out, of course, get him away from the basket. I do think that the game is going to be close, but I think Villanova will eventually um, just kind of the cream rise to the top. I think it's going to be close throughout. Maybe they'll pull away like in the last five minutes or whatnot, but I just think that think they'll, cover? they'll be able to get score. I think they will cover. I believe it's at four and a half. Uh, according to our good friends over at Bet Rivers, and I would side with Villanova on that, but it would be close. I feel like you'll be sweating it out. Yeah, I I think that they win by double digits. I think it's like a ten or twelve point game when it's all said and done. Um, Villanova doesn't run away from people really, but I, I just think that they kind of you got to trust the team that's been there. You got to trust the team to veteran point guards. Colin Gillespie has a championship to his name. Car- Do you remember who? I can't. Who did they beat when they won the title in two thousand eighteen? I want to say they wore maize and blue. It might have been Michigan, I think. I was, think it was, was it? wasn't it? Huh. Was that a blowout? That might have been that might have that might have been a blowout, right? Yeah, I think that I think that put Dante DiVincenzo in the lottery, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he had that dunk, didn't he? Okay. Yeah, he well, did. anyway, we're getting we're getting the bump from producer Greg Waddell, who is a Wolverines fan, to tell us to keep it moving. So, Carter, I'm coming to you first on this one. We have Gonzaga, we have Arkansas. It is the first game of the day on Thursday, which is weird because they're playing it in San Francisco. So it's going to be an afternoon game, which means you got to fight all of the traffic in San Francisco to be able to get there. Gonzaga is an eight and a half point favorite. Can yes. Eric Musselman and can the Hogs be able to do enough to slow down that front court? Where are you at? Yeah, I I honestly just don't think they will be able to. I think in these first two games, we have seen, I mean, Arkansas's offense uh, in general, away from Bud Walton Arena, has been suspect to say the least. And these first two tournament games, they have been the definition of rock fights. Now, credit to them for being able to play good enough defense to come out uh, uh, with wins and for J.D. Note to make a couple plays down the stretch and other guys make some plays down the stretch to get these wins. But, I mean, that game against New Mexico State was one of the ugliest basketball games I've ever seen uh, great strategy by coach Musselman setting that defense at Teddy Allen but I just don't know if they will be able we don't to we get don't it, talk about just him. get enough stops we don't we don't, I'm sorry, we, we don't talk sorry. about Ted we don't talk about Teddy on this show sorry that one guy whose name rhymes with Schmetty Schmalin uh, had himself a 37 <laughs> ball but they were able to slow him down and it it worked out for them I just don't think that they'll be able to get enough stops like I, I just don't think they're playing Gonzaga, who is the number one offense in the country. Um, and I think they'll be able to get them stops. I just don't see Arkansas being able to score enough in this basketball game. I really think that Gonzaga runs away with this. Actually, it's about time they blow somebody runs out. away. And I think it's yeah, I think it's going to be Arkansas. Yeah. Here, here's the thing that I, I disagree with you is you're giving uh, Eric Ruffleman five days. And I, I th- that's kind of where the whole issue is for me is because he he's one of the best in the business when it comes to that stuff. And they're athletic enough to at least slow them down, maybe cut off some of these advanced passes, make them play a little bit slower. Uh, Gonzaga's really, really good. I, I keep looking at their metrics and at their Kimpom metrics, and I'm just like, gosh, it doesn't get much better. What about Torvik? 
No, I, I haven't been checking. I haven't, I haven't pulled out my Torvik. I'm just, I, I like, I like Kim Palm. I like Kim Palm. Like the, I leave my Torvik at home. So Kim Palm, I like Kim Palm because just, I, that's what I used when I was coaching. And I love that. I love the whole system, but I, I wonder how much it's skewed by them playing in their league. So it, it, there's something about Eric Musselman and his guys that can get them to play up to the level of competition. And the fact that, you know, maybe not the best player on the floor, but J.D. Note could be the best scoring guard on the floor. And I think that could give him some advantages. But Jalen Williams has been really good as well. I'm not sure it'll be a runaway. I think it's possible that it is, especially if Arkansas can't slow him down. But I have too much faith in Musselman. I think it's going to be close. Yeah, I, I'm – I, I, that's the one thing I'm worried about. I, I think this is the game where Gonzaga wakes up, right? Like they just, they kind of got uh, Memphis jumping on them a little bit. They needed a Drew Timmy masterclass in the second half to be able to survive. And I totally understand the idea that Eric Musselman, great game planner, probably is going to find a way to, to make something happen here. But uh, I just, if this feels, Carter, I, I agree with you. This feels like the Gonzaga runaway spot to me just feels like it. Yeah. So I think I would yeah, probably, that, that, that second round, the second round game against Memphis was the one they were struggling and now they shake it off and they, you know, they get rolling. Yeah. And it's, are you it's saying that, are you saying a, that, that Arkansas isn't as good as Memphis? Just out of curiosity. I just think because those, 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 those universities are fairly close to each other. So I just, I'm curious what you guys think. They're not as far off as you think. I, I think, I think I would make the argument that Memphis right now and Arkansas are exactly the same and Arkansas is a is a is a worse matchup for Gonzaga than mm-hmm. Memphis was. I think Memphis was the ideal matchup, just so tough and physical and athletic. Um, and they're not those those dudes aren't those dudes aren't necessarily scared of the moment. We'll be. Uh, I don't know if the Arkansas players will be, but let's keep it moving because we got to talk about Texas Tech uh, and the Duke Blue Devils. Carter, we're going to you first on this one. Texas Tech is, I believe, they're still a, a point favorite over at Bet Rivers. Um, are you? Do you have the the Red Raiders Red Raiders advancing? I know what To is going to say, so I don't know what I, I'm going to say. Oh, I do, I do have the Red Raiders advancing. I've been team Red Raiders all year, and I think that th- what they do uh, defensively is special. And I think that they will be able to take advantage of this Duke team, who has been inconsistent throughout the year. And I think the inconsistencies inconsistencies are going to come back to bite them. Uh, especially with what tech can do defensively. The one issue that I have with this tech team is that they turn the ball over a lot just because Mm. they don't really have a true point guard or a true go-to guy, but this Duke team doesn't cause turnovers. Like they, I actually looked into this Duke is 309th nationally in turnover rate. They don't turn anybody over. So I think Texas tech will pull this game out. Um, I think the defense will get it done. And I think coach K's, farewell tour will finally take its last stop here's here's my problem with with thinking duke can do it and that they said aj griffin is going to play so that's obviously going to be huge because he had a pretty nice little ankle sprain there in their game against michigan state but you got to knock down shots against texas tech and you got to have guys that can make that skip pass against texas tech because they're pre-rotating everything they're already in help side before you even make a move to the bucket that opposite 45 that opposite corner is going to be open you got to have guys that can hit that shot duke has not been overly consistent shooting the three ball outside of aj griffin so i wonder about that jeremy roach has been better as of late joey baker has been joey baker he's been fine at time shooting the basketball but i wonder about their consistency from the perimeter i think everything inside 15 feet uh, even as big and athletic as Duke is, I think Texas Tech is just physically going to dominate in there because that is a bunch of junkyard dogs. 
and they're so physically tough. I think it's going to be a difficult matchup for Duke inside of there, even with Mark Williams, even with Paolo Bancaro. Those guys can guard those guys straight up one-on-one, and they're not afraid of anything. They're, so, they're such tough competitors. So I like Texas Tech in that one just because more than anything, all those other things included, but more than anything, their inability to shoot the three consistently. Yeah, you got to have shooters to be able to beat that no middle defense. Uh, I've talked about this before, but what they what they do is they basically climb up. They don't let you rotate the ball. They force you to drive baseline, and they pre-send that help uh, because there's only one way that you can go. Only one way that you could be a threat is by driving baseline. They're going to have the help there. They're going to pre-rotate, and they're going to try to pick off the passes when you uh, when they force you to, to drive into the, uh, somebody at the charge spot. You got to be able to have someone that can make those slow drives, be able to scan the defense of five shooters on the weak side of the floor. Uh, I don't trust Duke to be able to do that, which is why I like Texas Tech. The only thing I'm worried about, Paolo might go uh, supernova. There's always a chance he could end up yeah. having one of those 25, 10, and 5 games, and um, that that scares me a little bit. All right, Houston, Arizona. I think this is a great matchup for Houston. I have Houston winning. They force turnovers. They get offensive rebounds. Tio, where do you stand on the Cougars? You know what? Watching Houston play was such a pleasure in their last game. It's just they don't – against Illinois, they don't let anything happen easily. Like, there isn't a swing pass that's easy. There's not a cut to the basket that's easy off the ball. They're going to compete for every single rebound. Like, this Houston team, without their best two players or their top two scorers or whatever, like, they are tough, man. And they're just next man up mentality. Uh, Samson, who's not my coach of the year, but he's he would probably be second place for me uh, behind Ed Cooley. Like, the fact that they lose two of their top players still continue to play at the level that they're playing at uh, that Illinois game wasn't even close. I mean, Houston's athletes, they just send them at you in waves. Uh, And here's the big thing about Arizona is Kirk Creesa. They need him to be probably at 90% because he is is the definitive X factor that's left in the tournament, right? He is the X factor. No question. No question. And that, that ankle that's, that has a million different colors. Like, it's going to be so difficult for him to be able to get any type of advantage. Did I just cut everybody off? <laughs> yeah, you know, no, no, go no. ahead, T.O. When oh. you're rolling, T.O., we just let you go. Yeah, sorry. Go <laughs> ahead, Carter. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to I was going to comment on the X factor thing with Kirk Creesa, because, you know, when you say X factor, I feel like it carries a positive connotation. Uh, but with a player like Kirk Creesa, his X factor could go either way. It could be the X factor for the other team to get a win or it could be an X factor for mm-hmm. them to get a win. Um, sometimes you got to take a step back when for the betterment of the team. Uh, I think Kirk Creasa thinks he's the best player on that basketball team, which is great confidence and leads to great results. But Benedict Matherin is going to be the guy that get that helps these guys cut down the nets in the final four. And I think there's moments where he can get the ball more to Benedict Matherin and he doesn't do that. Um, we saw what TCU was able to do against this team on the glass, and that's nothing compared to what Houston does on the offensive glass. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to be able to take that same advantage. Uh, defensively, like Keo said, they're going to be able to step up and get stops, cause havoc. All they need is one guy to step up offensively. Like first game, Kyler Edwards looked like an All-American. Last game, Jamal Shedd was able to step up and carry the scoring load with 20 points. If they get one guy that could step up and get that 20 points, I think it helps get them over the hump to get the win. And I got a feeling that Kyler Edwards will be able to do that. He seems pretty locked in right now. 
Yeah, it's amazing how Houston is able to just roll people up and roll people up, and it doesn't matter who they lose. Like, they could lose Quentin Grimes and Marcus Sasser and Caleb Mills and Tremont Mark. And, hey, by the way, Jamal Shedd, he's pretty good. Uh, and Tajay Moore, he's pretty good. But, listen, we uh, we got to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Friday's games, and I'm going to have T.O. tell you why St. Peter's has a real chance to beat the Purdue Boilermakers. Hey, Claire. Greg, I'm going to jump out of the Zoom and jump back in. Is that okay? Um, I want to try. Yeah, I want to try. The, I want to try. I want to try. I'm going to try to. I got to try to fix this. 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 I'm going to jump out. I'm going to pull a producer move just to not screw up the video. But jump out, Rob. That's fine. I'm going to jump on camera, folks. This is going to be an after dark first. Look at us, gentlemen. How are Greg, we? You're white. Greg, you're white. Greg, you're white. Hey, let me. I might as well uh, throw some questions at you guys while I'm up here. Uh, One minute. Somebody One wants minute. to know who Carter Elliott's rooting for. Uh, I just hope everybody has fun and is healthy in the basketball game. That's all I care about. I like it. All right. Hopefully that'll that'll fix things a little bit. Chat just so you guys. Uh, are aware there's a there's a big rainstorm in uh, New Jersey right now. Whenever there's rain in my part of the woods, uh, my neck of the woods, uh, it always ends up dragging down the Wi-Fi and the connection, and it's frustrating. But it is what it 30 is. Thirty seconds. Thoughts and prayers. So with you. is it with the with the downpour, Thoughts. Rob? <laughs> We're all pulling for you. Uh, You're not look, pulling for t- Purdue. Uh, not pu- not pulling for the Big Ten. I know you can't root for Michigan. You pulling for Purdue? Yeah, yeah, I'm right. I'm right with the bowling makers. Travion mm-hmm. Williams is my favorite player in the country. Ten seconds. I like it. That that actually makes a lot of sense. He's a lot hero. of sense. <laughs> Here we go. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. We are live. Sirius XM Channel 84. That is the ESPNU station. We're live over on YouTube. If you're watching there, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Jump in the chat. Ask us questions. Hopefully, this time, we'll be able to answer them instead of trying to figure out my uh, my connectivity issues. Uh, Rob Dawson here. I got Terrence Oglesby. I got Carter Elliott. We are breaking down X-Factors in the Sweet 16 matchups. We have to talk about St. Peter's Purdue. Carter, do the Peacocks have a chance to pull off yet another upset and become the first 15 seed to get to the Elite Eight? I love the Peacocks. I love the run. I love Coach Holloway. I love the players that they have on this team. I love the way they've been executing up until this point. It is a great story. But with that said, it's going to have to come to an end. I think that the talent of Purdue – I think that Purdue knows that they have a golden opportunity here. Um, I think they, I think they roll with this game. I think I saw it open up on Bet Rivers at twelve, and I'm considering uh, contacting my financial advisor to see if it'd be smart if I put a loan on Purdue minus twelve. It's, it's going up. It, it got to thirteen at one point. It's now at twelve and a half. I, okay, I would, let, I well, would t- while Tio goes, I'm going to go ahead and place a bet right now before it goes yeah. back up. Go ahead, T. I would, <laughs> I would, I would take that. Uh, I mean, Purdue's going to wipe the floor with them, and it's nothing that they're doing wrong. And here's uh, the deal: okay, look, can game, I can I make can I make the argument me, for St. Peter's here? You can't, you can't, you can't. But I'm I'm, I'm going to tell you why it could happen. But the only thing is, is St. Peter like th- them winning a couple of games not a mistake. That's a top thirty defense in the country. 
Like those guys really guard. It's just a matter of are they going to have guys that get really hot from the perimeter, like like Dougie Fresh, Dougie Edder got loose in the, those games uh, in the first two. It's just a matter of nuts hanging, Dagan Hughes. Yeah, well, there you go, him too. But like, is St. Peter's going to be able to keep up with seven foot five? It's going to be hard when Purdue's going to be shooting seventy percent from two, and God knows what from Listen, three. And Jay Nivey, they're not going to see right, guys okay, like that okay. again. Okay, yeah, we yeah we we get it. Look, it's a Big Ten team. It's a top ten team. Um, here's here's the truth. Oscar Sheboy, National Player of the Year. Oscar Sheboy had thirty and sixteen. Oscar Sheboy lost to St. Peter's. Okay. Here's the other thing. Shaheen Holloway wants to play these offenses where he spreads the floor, where you put your point guards into ball screens, where you allow your perimeter players to, to create space, where you're able to pull big guys away from the basket, where you attack mismatches. That is what Purdue's weakness has been all season long. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is this is the ma- the kind of matchup that you would want if you were St. Peter's. So I'm not, I'm not going to be as crazy as 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 it's to say that St. Peter's is going to win this game, but I'm going to let that line creep up. I'm going to hope it gets to 13 and a half. I'm going to hope it gets to 14. And I'm going to ride with the Peacocks because I'm a New Jersey guy. I gotta I gotta defend my state. Um, let's keep it moving. You've never though. even I been on know. that campus. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is there is no campus to be on. It's basically a <laughs> they have like they have like a building. Yeah, it's um, two okay. blocks. Providence and Kansas. That is the first game in Chicago. Um, T.O., what is the key here? What is the X factor? How do your Friars pick off the Kansas Jayhawks? Here's the deal. Uh, Justin Manaya and Ochai Abaji is going to be the matchup to watch. Like Justin Manaya, one of the best perimeter defenders in the country. I don't think I, I think he's been snubbed on some of these first team all defensive teams or I don't know what a first team second team I don't know what they do, but I th- that dude is really really good guarding wings chasing people off screens contesting shots like Ochai Baji he better be ready to play because Justin Benaya can guard. Uh, this is a team they mirror each other. I just wonder like where are the advantages for Providence and where are the advantages for Kansas? The advantages for Kansas in my mind are the two three four position. The advantages for uh, Providence are at the one and the five because I think Nate Watson, you know what you're going to get. I think uh, Al Durham and, and uh, Bynum coming in off the bench, you know what you're going to get from them. The one and the five from Kansas have been issues. I think Kansas is just a little bit better. They're just a little do bit you better. Know, do you know what you're going to get from Remy Martin? You know what you're going to get from, you have from, no idea. from the drink. Yeah. The no, you know what you're going to get from the drink? It's a hangover. There's 50% of the time you're going to get a hangover from watching Remy Martin, the player, play. Right, Carter? Exactly. And it's it, this is this is the thing. It's time to end it. This is the game that ends the narrative. You know how we always say point guard play on here? Well, it gets old. You know, it gets old to me calling Providence a lucky team. They're, They're not, not lucky. lucky. I don't I don't care about you. Could, don't send me anything that says Providence is lucky. They're not lucky. They got gamers. They got dudes. When the game is on the line, they have guys that make plays. They are playmakers. They are winners. They might not necessarily be like the most skilled basketball players ever. I'm not saying they got NBA players on it, but when it comes down to it, they got winners. And as good as that Kansas team is, they have tendencies where you look at them and they can fold. And this Providence team isn't going to fold and they can make a statement by winning this basketball game and put all the luckiness and whatever people say to rest. So I'm riding with the Friars, especially at plus seven and a half. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you riding with Friars. X Factor, going to be Remy Martin. I think this one is obvious. If he plays great, it takes uh, Kansas up to another level. He has his Kerr Creasa moments, however. All right, let's head back to the East, North Carolina. And UCLA, T.O., I know it hurts you to say nice things about North Carolina, so I'm going to go. It, it doesn't hurt me. It doesn't hurt I'm, me as bad as it hurts Randolph. Like, it, you know, it hurts, it hurts him quite a bit. My man, my man broke, breaks out in hives having to talk about the Tar Heels. But uh, <laughs> nobody in the country is playing better at point guard than R.J. Davis. I, I feel confident in saying that right now. Right now. <laughs> Right you now. like how I said, you like how I said, T.O., I'm not going to make you talk about them. I'm going to go to Carter and T.O.'s just like, yeah, I'm going to talk uh, about him anyway. Oh, I, I, quit talk, I, quit, I quit listening. I quit listening. You just said, no, I, you, that I, happens I just got to be the subject quite a bit. matter and I messed up. I just got the subject matter and I just, I just rolled with it. So I apologize. Go, Carter. Oh, T.O., first of all, that's <laughs> why you're the rifleman. Right that's why you're the rifleman. You can come in anytime you want and shoot me down and say what you got to say. I'll always <laughs> let you have the floor. You ain't got to worry about that. But shoot, shoot, I mean, shoot, first shoot, ask, ask questions later. Shoot, shoot. Exactly. It's it's hard not to go with this UNC team if that backcourt is playing the way they're playing. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Baycott, but if they're getting performances out of R.J. Davis like they got last game and Caleb Love, and then on top of that, you know, for everything that's been said about Brady Manick this year, he wants to be the second coming of Larry Bird all of a sudden. Like, this is an extremely tough team to beat. Leaky Black locking dudes up on the defensive end. I, it's really hard not to just want to bet and want to roll with this UNC team. I really do think that UNC keeps this momentum going and wins this basketball game. Yeah, the, the big concern for me with UCLA, uh, Jaime Hawkins, how healthy is he going to be? But I did a little bit of investigating. You guys ready for this? If you scroll through the pictures of today's practice on uh, on UCLA, the UCLA MBB Instagram page, and you get to the one where you see Tiger Campbell dribbling the ball off a ball screen. If you look down, there are two mystery feet. Somebody photoshopped top of Jaime Hawkins' body out of that picture <laughs> and left Jaime Hawkins' legs in the photo. So I'm convinced that he's going to end up playing. I think it's just a smoke screen from UCLA. Whoever did their photoshops, look, call me. All right. My fee is not that much. I'll help you out next time. I will make sure to crop out Jaime Hawkins' legs from uh, chasing Tiger Campbell around. Did you guys see that? I sent you the picture. Yeah, I saw it. That's all right. I did. It's, I did see that. I'm, I'm surprised you play, pay close enough attention to even see that. It's a little. A question for another day but you, you know can't get anything past i was you. trying to i'm trying not, to figure it out man i'm trying to figure out i'm trying to figure out if he's gonna play because if he because if he's not if he's not playing then i think north carolina minus two and a half is uh uh the the, the side you want to be on that's some money right there that you could be made uh, all right let's talk about miami and iowa state we're going to be joined here in a second by isaiah wong from uh from miami to but look i'm gonna i'm gonna get out of the way carter take a seat just we're gonna go sit on a bench T.O., you called this. You called Miami to the Elite Eight. Are they going to get there? I think they are. I think they are, guys. And if here's here's the deal for Iowa State. If Isaiah Brockington could guard all three, if there were three Isaiah Brockingtons, I'd feel pretty good about it, but there's not. There's only one. And as tough as Iowa State plays, they are a well-scouted team, and they do a fantastic job of team defense. Problem with playing Miami is – with Cam Agusti, we have Zay Wong coming up here too. He's included. And then Charlie Moore, that's three guys that can create their own shots. And they, they, they're not a big passing team. They haven't been for the past three, four years. They've been ranked towards the bottom of the ACC in assist. It's a team that creates for themselves, and they're good at it. So give me Miami because there's not enough Isaiah Brockingtons in the world coming from Ames. 
Carter, what does Iowa State have to do to be able to win this game? Because I, where I'm sitting right now, I think Miami wins by 15. I'm, I'm going to take them in both of my survivor pools for this uh, this weekend. Yeah, I, I honestly think that I don't want to be down on it, but I really don't see a way that I, Iowa State will be able to keep up. Like T.O. said, I mean, they could get a performance out of a guy like Hunter as well. But even with him and Isaiah Brockton going off, I mean, you just are outnumbered by the guards. You got more Wong. I mean, I just don't don't see this Iowa State team having enough in this game. Yeah, that's that's where I'm sitting at it, too. Uh, they they beat yeah. LSU in the first round. LSU fired their coach. They beat Wisconsin in the second round. Wisconsin lost their point guard to an ankle injury in the first 10 minutes of the game. Johnny Davis, I'm not convinced that he was 100% in that game as well. I don't want to say that Iowa State is the luckiest team in the NCAA tournament, but I might I be calling them the luckiest team in the NCAA tournament. But listen, coming up next, we have that interview with Isaiah Wong, and I promise you, T.O. and I are going to get an argument that you guys are not going to want to miss. Very clear. All right, guys, I just want to let you know today's episode of the Field of 68 After Dark is sponsored by Honey, the easiest way to save money when shopping on your phone or your computer. Have you ever been in this spot? You're shopping for something online. You get to check out when it asks you for a promo code. You start Googling to try to find a way to save a little bit of money. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past because Honey is the free tool that scours the internet for you and finds the one that best fits your cart. Here's how it works. You're shopping. You check out. The Honey button pops up. You click apply coupons. You wait a few seconds and you watch the price that you have to pay go down. I use Honey myself. I know Carter uses Honey as well. T.O. just signed up for it. I bought all of my, my, my son all of his T-ball gear uh, over the weekend. And anyone with kids, T.O. can attest to this. That is expensive stuff. But with Honey, I saved like $50 on a $250 purchase. So you're doing it for free. It's so easy, and it works on a desktop. It works on a laptop. It works on your iPhone. You just got to activate it in the Safari app on your phone. You have no excuse not to do it. So if you don't already have Honey, you are straight up missing out. By getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. I never recommend something that I don't use. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash March Madness. That's joinhoney.com slash March Madness. The link is in the description below. There you go. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark Live. Sirius XM Channel 84, the ESPNU station. We are streaming over on YouTube. Smash that like button. Smash it. Hit subscribe, jump in the chat, ask us questions. I swear at some point we're actually going to answer one of them. Rob Doster, Carter Elliott, the Rifleman, Terrence Oglesby. We are live here. We're going to get with Isaiah Wong here uh, in one second. But I I do want to ask you this, Carter. Uh, T.O., he's an ACC guy. He's all over the ACC. He's called ACC games. He watches them religiously. He lives in ACC country. He is through and through ACC. I did not watch a ton of the ACC this year. So when when T.O. said, uh, on our Selection Sunday show, I think Miami can get to the Elite Eight. I thought he was crazy. How surprised are you to see them where they are right now? Uh, I'm I'm extremely surprised. Uh, I was on the same board as that. I mean, you can't help but after watching ACC all year, and maybe it's just me not watching closely enough and just kind of looking on the surface level. I know T.O., like you said, is more into it. 
but it was just overall just a bad conference. Like everyone throughout the whole year was kind of harping on it being a bad conference. And I'm going to take this uh, kind of bit from my co-host, Greg, but a lot of people said the same thing about the Pac-12 last year and they made a run. And he hinted that the ACC teams might be able to make a run in this year's tournament like the Pac-12 did last year. And I mean, they've done it. And the guard play from Miami has been amazing. It's been fun to watch and uh, credit to T.O., for calling that and also credit T.O. for being kind of humble about it because God forbid if I did that, <laughs> seriously, I, I'm going to need a segment. I'm going to need a 30 minute segment at minimum and I'll have receipts and I will have apologies and I'll be gloating. But uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy to see that they make it to this point and have, a, and are in a great position to advance. How T.O., how real do you think their chances to get to a final four? Because we've seen an ACC team do this. We've seen Jim Beheim take Syracuse as a 10 seed and get to the final four. Do you, do you think it's a it's a very real possibility? It would be Providence, Kansas in the next game, correct? Because I don't have the bracket right mm-hmm. in front of me. I, mm-hmm. I don't see Miami beating either one of those teams because both of those teams have guys that can guard one-on-one and then make things difficult on the other end. I I think Nate Watson would be a nightmare for Sam Wardenberg, and I think uh, Bill Self would find a way to beat Miami. Uh, it's This is a very good Miami team. Uh, the ACC is better than what it uh, – it's, it's a league that relied a lot on transfers this year. It relied a lot on freshmen this year. And sometimes through the first couple of months, you have to adjust. You have to adjust to your guys. And you also have to teach these freshmen what it takes to win at this level. And it took the ACC a little bit longer just because the numbers of transfers and new players on rosters were so much higher than other leagues, respectively speaking. So uh, the ACC is good. It, it was good then. It's good now. Now, the non-conference is when you establish your reputation. But that being said, January, February, North, you know, the North Carolinas, the Dukes, they started to figure it out. And now you're seeing the result of that. Okay. The ACC is not good, but do you guys know what is good? This interview that we have with Isaiah Wong, we are going to get to that right now. And now let me welcome on to the now field let me welcome on to the field of sixty-eight. Isaiah Wong, Miami Hurricanes, who are now in the Sweet Sixteen. Isaiah, you're in Chicago, man. Are you ready for Friday? Um, yes, most definitely. Um, we've been practicing, looking at film, and I think we we um prepared, and we just got like a couple more days left until Friday. Man, there's been, there were a lot of guys coming into Selection Sunday thinking you that the Canes didn't belong in the field. Uh, I wasn't one of those guys, Zay. I was one. I, I had you picked in the Elite Eight since the beginning. I feel like we need you to did. know that. But how does it feel to prove all those people wrong? The ACC, it started out a little bit rough, ended up on a stronger note. Now you guys are carrying the torch, if you will. Yeah, with the with the team we have right now, if we have like at the end of last season, I felt like we had a we had a good enough team to make it to the tournament. And coming in with team we came in this year, we was like, yeah, we definitely got a tournament team. Even though the people outside outside of Miami was saying, hey, we're tough, see, we're this and that. But like with all the transfer we got and all the like, me and Cam was still there. It was like we we was. I felt like me and him was like the top guards in the country. And, and I feel like we, we proven that right, right now and with the team we have. So we just, we have more pieces and it's just, they're helping us too. And I feel like we're one of the top teams right now. Yeah. So you've been through a lot since you've been at Miami, you actually committed to the program when they were dealing with all of the fallout from the FBI stuff, you had to deal with 
helping grow that program back and then all of the injuries and the COVID stuff last season that you guys dealt with it is it is it rewarding to feel like you kind of put this program I don't want to say back on the map but you're 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 back to being one of the best teams in the ACC you're back to being in the Sweet 16. Yeah um, with the team like you said when I came in here we struggled a lot but it's, it's definitely rewarding because the stuff we've been through we've been through a lot we've been through the downs and we've we going up right now. So what we what we've been doing right now, hopefully it, it goes into the future. We have more kids coming. We have a lot of like more more kids as hopefully five star athletes coming in or more kids as like one of like one of me, like a low rank kid that come in and just and just hoop 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 a lot. So just come in with the mentality that they want to win. This is a and show show everybody this that Miami is a winning program. I got to ask you this: You guys are loaded to the brim with guards, and Sam Wardenberg's he's a really good player. But you you Cam and Cam Augusti and Charlie Moore, you three, you guys are very unique because one, you share the ball, but two, you all three of you can create your own shot. Uh, what kind of stress do you feel like that puts on an opposing team that you're playing against because they got to pick one, like in all three of you can damage people. You saw it against Auburn. It just, it's either you it's or Cam or Charlie. How do you feel like your guys match up pretty much against anybody in the country, knowing that your guards can create so many scoring opportunities? Yeah, I think it's pretty hard for other teams to come in with the um, mentality. Like, hey, we're going to guard these, these three players because of I feel like for every team, there's like always one lockdown defender on their team. So you, you put that one lockdown defender or one of us, there's two more that can go off for 20 or 30. So it's really, really hard for teams to try to try to play us on defensive wise. And with the talent we have right now, it's just it's hard to try to defend. All right. So I have three quick hitters and then I'm going to let you get out of here. All right. Say first yeah. and foremost. Uh, true or false? It is okay to put ketchup on a cinnamon raisin bagel sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's, it goes crazy. I don't know why nobody likes it, but every time I tell people that, it's they don't they think it's crazy, but I think it, it tastes it tastes good. I Look, can eat I that. I, I got your back on this one, man. I got your back. I, I'm I, I'm living in Jersey right now, so I think that's a New Jersey thing. I got your back on that one. It's good. Uh, here's my second one. True or false, you are the best one-on-one follow-your-shot player in the history of basketball. Oh, true. I can I can go with that one-on-ones, everything. I don't, I don't know who told you that, but in one-on-ones, I'm, I'm going to try our one-on-one. I shoot it. If I think it's off, I'm going to get it in the, in the rebound, and I think I, I'm going to try hard in the ones. Yeah, uh, so it, it, I never reveal my sources, but it may or may not have been Chris Caputo that told me that, which leads me to my third question. True or false, uh, Chris Caputo will shoot below 50% from the foul line if you had him in a free throw contest right now. Hmm. The, the fact you got to hesitate tells me all. <laughs> yeah. well, I, I think that's, I'll say true. I'll say true. I'll say know. true. He, he got a nice form, but I don't know if it's consistent right now. <laughs> You're, you just don't want to have to run tomorrow at practice. That's what it is, right? Yeah. Well, listen, Zay, I appreciate the time. Uh, thank you for joining us here on After Dark, and uh, best of luck Friday. I hope we get another poster out of you on Friday. If I get the chance, I'll, I'll try. I'll try.
That was Isaiah Wong of the Miami Hurricanes. They will be facing off with Iowa State on Friday night in Chicago. Uh, look, T.O., we had a little bit of an argument about this after the uh, after that interview. I, I firmly stand in the corner of if you have a bagel breakfast sandwich, which means bacon, egg, cheese, sausage, whatever you want on there, with a cinnamon raisin bagel, it is okay to put ketchup on that. T.O. completely disagrees. Carter, you got you to gotta, you gotta be the voice of reason here. Back me up. Come on. Uh, no, I'm not going to back up. Uh, ketchup with a cinnamon? What? Like, I bet you put ketchup even, on I don't, your I don't steak. Even, I don't even, even, even want to know where you got that from. Like, But we need to figure and out what literally, the of that. Literally every single deli in the state of New Jersey. Look, you know what? When you guys come here, come, come visit me. I'm going to take you to the best deli's. You're going to get the best breakfast sandwiches. You're going to get bacon, egg, and cheese. You're going to get the double the double eggs, the double eggs with the uh, with the runny yolk, and you dip it. You put the ketchup on the uh, the foil. No, you no, dip it in there. Sometimes no, no sometimes ketchup, you go man. cinnamon raisin bagels. Sometimes you go salt bagels. Sometimes see, see, you just here's do a my, here's, bagel, here's my issue. You gotta here's dip my it issue. in the ketchup. Here's my issue. It's the cinnamon raisin part with the ketchup That's, that throws me thank off. You. It's not necessarily you, like your sandwich with a little ketchup on it because, I mean, I know you think you're Patrick Mahomes and everything, but like it's it's like ketchup on cinnamon raisin, that's where you lose me. That's where you lose me. No wonder nobody goes up north to get food. Like you have to steal right. – you go you're, Italian you're, food. Like you don't go – like you come to Tennessee, you get some good Tennessee cooking. You go to New, New Jersey, you got to get Italian food. Like you can't – like there's a problem with your food that's, up north. That that's because everybody in Jersey is Italian. Well, you you, you just can't you can't what? put a cinnamon raisin bagel for a breakfast sandwich. That's just not okay. I'm not gonna let it slide. That's not okay. You don't do that. You do yeah, everything bagel. Raisins, you do plain. You do salt. Asiago Cal- cheese. Counterpoint, but not cinnamon. Counterpoint. Raisin. Have you tried it? No, because I have purpose. some respect for myself. No. What? No, no, you've never tried it. You never tried it for good reason. So how can you not get if you never tried it? The, the chat is going nuts on you right now. Good, good. <laughs> I'll take I'll take on everybody in the chat. Don't worry. Is this the afters? <laughs> hey, not not. Nuts, nuts hanging Dagan just texted me and said, What the hell are you talking about right now? Nuts, he's from New Jersey, too. So, a bit, I, look, you know what? Me and Isaiah Wong, if we got to, if we got to sit on this island, die on this island together, I will die on this island with Isaiah Wong. It's better than uh, having to deal with all of you heathens. Us <laughs> heathens. <laughs> yeah, listen. We're, all right. We're, 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 uh, trust me. Trust me. Trust me. All right. Listen, we, uh, we got to take a quick break here, but coming up next, we're going to play a little game where producer Greg fires questions at us. I don't know what the questions are. He's got three, four, five. I don't even know how many he has, but he's going to ask us questions and we're going to try to answer them. Uh, and uh, we won't troll him at all about Michigan. I promise. Hey, Claire. I still can't get over it. Like ketchup on the, on the cinnamon. Yeah. You don't know. No, every you don't, you don't every have... breakfast sandwich, every breakfast sandwich that I have is gonna have ketchup on it. There's no uh, question okay. That that's fine, but not with a cinnamon raisin bagel. That's the issue here. A cinnamon raisin sometimes, bagel should be eaten by itself with like some butter or something. Like not sometimes you need the about. cinnamon. It's the it's the it's the sweet. The sweet sometimes brings it out of it. You never heard it like sweet and sweet and savory. No, not not with ketchup. <laughs> One minute. Now with ketchup. 
Do we have a question? I'm questioning from everything I know about. I'm questioning everything yeah. I know about Rob right now. But if there's any questions in the chat right now, it, it has everything to do with my sanity, my taste Nobody. buds, whether or not I'm a real person. I don't even want to look at what they're saying about me right now. <laughs> Someone's calling me Julius Marble, and that really hurts my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Ketchup is for third graders. 30 seconds. For everything other than a breakfast sandwich, though. Like, how do you, what do you dip your breakfast sandwich in if it's not ketchup? You don't dip a breakfast sandwich in anything. Yeah. Yeah. You put, you put the ketchup on, you, you get it in a little foil wrap. No. You put the ketchup no, on a no, foil you get wrap a, and no, you, you, maybe you cut get it a, in half no, and you dip it. No, no, no. But no, you, you dip something on it. You get like, you get, you get a sauce on it or something, like a little, like a spicy mayo. So, what sauce? What's so, spicy, spicy mayo? mayo. Yeah. Breakfast. Yeah. And not a single raisin bagel. Welcome back. It is the field 68 after dark. Sirius XM channel 84, the ESPNU station. Rob Doster, Cardi Early. We got Terrence Oglesby, the rifleman here. We're on YouTube right now streaming. If you're watching over there, hit that like button. If you uh, if you disagree with me, that ketchup belongs on breakfast sandwiches and uh, breakfast sandwiches belong on cinnamon raisin bagels. If you disagree, hit the like button. I promise that's going to do you wonders. Uh, that says a we lot have about questions. the quality. That says a lot about the quality of your breakfast sandwich. The fact that you have to put ketchup on it. Do you, do you no, you yeah, second rate breakfast moving. sandwich. We'll, you got a second we'll rate save breakfast it. sandwich, and your we'll problem sa- is you well, got to dip it in ketchup just to try to save everything left. It's a terrible. No, idea. you don't have. We'll save it for the afters. We're going to save it for the afters. Greg, you got some questions for us. I thought you'd never ask. I thought we were going to send two more <laughs> segments on breakfast sandwiches. Personally, our poor listeners over at Sirius XM. Uh, all right, gentlemen, this is how this game is going to work. I got four questions that I'm going to throw at you. I consider them all different levels of absurd, so please uh, go along with my little game here. These are not necessarily based in reality, but we will start with uh, maybe the one that can ease us into this game. Go around the horn for me. Who is the worst team left in this tournament that you can actually see winning a national championship? Ooh. Carter, you go first. Worst team. Win a national championship. Oh, he is begging going, for Michigan right now. He is begging so bad for Michigan to be. Nah, the he they is. cannot. They can. I, they cannot win a championship. I'm going to say that's Kansas. What that, that's what that question. That's what that question was. Right. Kansas is the worst team left that can win a championship. That realistically can win it. Yes. I mean, if obviously we're going to say St. Peter's, okay, they're the lowest team, but I think that Kansas out of the quote-unquote contenders or the one seeds i think they're the worst are we talking about the lowest seed that could potentially do it or just the worst team in our own mind Greg? just the worst in your own mind you define that however you'd like to you okay if the answer the answer is purdue yeah like without question the answer is purdue y'all need they to get, have some they get to, for purdue man they get they get St. Peter's in this next game. They're probably going to end up getting an eight seed in the game after that, an eight seed that basically does the exact same shit that they do, right? And then you get to the Final Four, and all you got to do is win two games. You could beat anybody in the Final Four. Anything can happen in the Final Four. I've seen Shabazz Napier as a seventh seed win a national title at the Final Four. I've seen Kemba Walker as a three seed win a national title at the Final Four. Anything can happen at the Final Four. The answer is Purdue. There's no conversation here. Next question. <laughs> 
Providence could <laughs> Providence could win it. Ooh, probably the, wait, wait, probably wait! The worst, probably the worst team. Probably the worst team of the thing of like everybody else. Like if you look if you look around everywhere, like Arizona, I would consider them worse than Arizona just from a roster standpoint, not how they play, but from a talent perspective, I would say they're worse. Houston's probably a little bit more talented. Villanova's more talented. I just I don't think Providence can win win it because I don't think they can beat Arizona. I don't think that they can beat Houston, and I don't think that they can beat Villanova. Which I, thought we, were, I thought we I were strictly speaking in hypotheticals here. Like they, yeah. they are a team that could possibly win it. It's probably the worst team of the bunch that could win it. No, they like cannot in, possibly be, win it. Okay, Rob, this isn't possibly, your game. No, Rob, you don't get so to be Rob, the gatekeeper here. I, 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 well, here's the thing. What's funny because is I, I think I just was. <laughs> I, for, I forgot to tell you guys this part. I get to score each round, and T.O. did the best there with his Providence pick. Everybody else kind of played by the book there. So we're going to give T.O. one point. Mr. Boom. Oglesby, Boom. man of the Boom. people, in the lead, one zero zero. All right, round two. Uh, again, follow my train of thought here, folks. You get $1,000 free dollars from the good folks at Bet Rivers. But I'm going to make my own odds on something here. You have to bet one bet. One $1,000 bet. And for every win the rest of the tournament that the team you bet on wins, you times your $1,000 by the number of their seed. So if St. Peter's wins, you would make $15,000 with their first win. If they win twice, you would make $30,000, so on and so forth. Whenever your team loses, you lose your $1,000. So again, St. Peter's beats Purdue. 15,000. They lose the next round, minus 1,000. You get a $14,000 profit. Who are you betting on? I'm Purdue. picking North Carolina. North, oh, Carolina. North Carolina. Yeah, I changed yeah, I changed my pick. I changed no, my pick. Can't do it. Can't do I cha- it. Gate no, I, I changed my pick. I changed my pick. Can't do I changed it. my pick. I changed my pick. <laughs> North yeah, Carolina. North Ca- I changed my pick. Yeah, North Carolina's an eight seed. So uh, your your monetary situation would be the best with North Carolina, correct? In theory. What do you think, Carter? What do you think, Carter? I, think, I, I, think, I think for going for a little more bang for my buck, I think Greg might like this. I might go with Michigan. Nope. Cut them off. Cut them off. I really might. I really truly think they can beat Villanova. And then, I mean, Houston, they can beat Houston. Arizona, I still think they could beat Arizona, like, that's if that's a good you, that's a good that's see, a good investment. Do you see him? Do you like see him? Question, do you though. see him pandering? He is pandering for the win. He is pandering I'm, for a win. I'm not. In this game. No, it's called making a. It's called making a smart bet, Robert. All right, they're an 11 seed. I'm trying to double up right now. And then if you if you're if say you think your team can just win one, I'd go either the 10 or 11 down with Iowa State and Miami. Then therefore I'd go Miami. Well, you know what? I'm changing my I'm changing one. my pick again. I'm going Houston. I'm changing my pick again. I'm going Houston. They're getting to the way. final four. I don't be that way. Well, I'm not going to win the segment anyways. I'm not going to win. The, Greg's never going to give me anything. No, so you, no, you, you, you've dug too attitude. much of a hole here, Robert. You can't be wishy-washy <laughs> in the middle of the game, okay? So by default, we have to give this to Carter, not because he picked Michigan, but because he differentiated. And that's what the people in the chat want. The score is one point T.O., one point Carter, zero points sleepers Bobby D. Sleepers bias. Sleepers, sleepers bias. Round three. Again, they get more absurd <laughs> as we move on here. If every team that remains in the tournament were able to take one player from one of the two teams they have already beaten in this tournament, 
what team and what player would have the best chance at winning a national title? Ooh, Martina. That's Argentina. such a good question. Oh, man. That's that only the, a great question. Yeah, that is a great question. I got it. Arizona, because they're going to take Mike Miles from TCU, and they're going to win it all because they actually have a good point guard finally. Boom. Next up, keep it rolling. Yeah, that's a good pick. No, we need a rebuttal. Come on, we can give these boys time. That is a hell of a pick, though, Rob. Yeah, that's a great That's a great pick. <laughs> Oh man. This, this is great radio, guys. Where everyone's just sitting here. So, sorry. Right. So okay, no. No, I, I, I got it. I got it. I got it for me. I got it for me. Okay. Do it. Greg's going to hate this. I am going to take AJ Hogard and put him on Duke. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's a gamer. He's a gamer and he's better than Jeremy Roach. Oh, facts. <laughs> Doesn't shoot it as well. Cut them off, man. Does Jeremy Rose shoot it well? If I was uh, Houston, I would have taken uh, Coburn. Ooh. Uh, Okay, first of all, Hogarth makes Duke so much worse. That's one of the worst answers. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Carter Carter gets minus a point for that. We're going to subtract half a point from Carter. I'm going to give the point to Bobby D here. He was assertive. He, I like the answer. Uh, Mike Miles would be a game changer for Arizona. I also like To's answer, but uh, I think we had a shot clock violation before that one, and that's no good. So the updated score. <laughs> this one is of, a loaded. This question. is a loaded like, question. <laughs> like these are these are tough questions, Greg. Like we got two guys. Off. We got two minutes. We got two minutes left. So Greg, right, get the last right. question. Sure, just, the last just question. for the update. One point To, one point Rob, half a point for Carter. This is the final round, and again, I told you they get more absurd. If every single head coach of every team remaining in this tournament were kidnapped 20 minutes before tip-off and the team was shown a video of the kidnapped head coach and told that if you don't win this game, you will never see or hear from your coach again, what team wins the national championship coachless with no coach with their coach's life on the line? Houston. I like the Houston pick. I like Houston, the Houston for Samson. It's Texas Tech because every one of those dudes on Texas Tech I would be able to, uh, to how can I say this uh, politely, subdue a kidnapper. Yeah, give me Texas Tech. They'll fight you. Texas give Tech Vill- will slit your throat. Yeah, g- give, <laughs> give me Villanova because they already know what they're supposed to be doing anyway because they're so old. And I feel like if they had to get going, like, but there's no, there's no added motivation, right? Those guys are robots. Well, they don't they don't want their coaches. Okay. Let me, they let have, me say this real quick. Have, While have, you guys have, debate this chat, we're a show of the people. You got to determine who wins. Cause I've seen one vote for every single name right now. Hammer the chat. Is it Houston? Is it Texas tech? Is it Villanova? We've got Texas one minute tech, left. Baby. Texas tech, baby. Mark Adams, Mark Adams. Let's go. The first year head coach is one they die for. Yeah, he's been there. He built the roster. They came back because not of him. Still, Texas Tech doesn't still, exist, though. and Mark Adams not all there. not all of the guys. They got a lot of transfers too. But Texas Tech, Texas Tech, Texas Tech. I'm looking in the chat. Texas Tech. Ken Palmer is a fraud. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Texas Tech. You're also I'll rereading Reckham's his saying he did it four uh, straight listen, times. I will read take it the back w to back to here. back. I will take the W here. Listen, this has been the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Doster. I'm here with Cardi Elliott, Terrence Oglesby. 
Catch us again tomorrow night. We'll be live again midnight directly after the games. It's going to be me, Jeff Goodman, Mike Boynton. We'll be streaming on YouTube. We'll be on Sirius XM. Thank you for being here with us. Andrew Clare. It was nothing but Texas Tech in the chat, fellas. Nothing but Texas Tech yeah. over and over and over again. I saw it's Villanova's right there, so we're good. I'm victorious. I never win yep. these things. You got thank, it. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Greg left it up to the chat because I know he <laughs> no, was For the, the record, you had my vote there as well. That was a come from behind victory, Rob, but you earned it. Come, wow. come, what, what, come from behind. Is, is what he no, wins is a new internet router so he can have good video? Or what does he win? <laughs> <laughs> oh man no it's Gregor. brutal over here man it's brutal over here it's tough living in the farms of mount laurel new jersey mount laurel where are you we, like got, we, got, <laughs> we got we got we got cinnamon raisin bagels and we have bad internet why would anyone want to move to new jersey <laughs> tosters game catch up kind of strikes me as a homeless man's robert ory Fair. Is that how you, is that how you fair? <laughs> that's 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 not. Oh, I bet you would say fair. You can't shoot me. Yeah, it's definitely not the rifle, man. You can't shoot. Why? Why are you yelling at me right now, Greg? Look, give me some questions from the chat. I can't. I can't deal with this Carter guy anymore. First, he says that cinnamon raisin bagels can't be on breakfast sandwiches. You can't trust this Listen, guy. I swear to God, if we're going to talk breakfast accessories no for the next no 20 minutes, I'm ending the stream yeah. right now. So no more of that. Uh, <laughs> look, I, there was one question earlier today that uh, I, I thought was pretty funny. Uh, if the field of 68 as a basketball team, as the entire network, were given 12 and a half points against St. Peter's, we're 12 and a half point underdogs. Are you betting on us over at Bed Rivers? Is it just after dark, or would it be? Um, would we could we include all of the uh, the podcast hosts as well? Let's say let's. Well, I feel like podcast. No podcast. No podcast. No podcast hosts. No podcast hosts. Just after just, just after dark. Just, just after yeah, dark. Just after yeah. Do not bet on us. Oh, Fade no, us. Man. Hey, I don't know, man. Me, 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 and RC might be able to hold hold us up a little. Bit. Yeah, that's that, that's that's two. You got two people. <coughs> I got Carter. Hold on. I'm about to throw you in there, Carter. I'm about to throw. We got a passing big man up top that can lead the break. We got shooters out Carter, of the corner. Like Carter, Carter averaging Carter averaging five points and three boards as a six foot six center for a D three school going up against a bunch of dudes that just beat Kentucky. Is he? Wait, who? Wait, who? Perimeter. He just orchestrated. Who, who's our coach? Who's our who's our coach? That's key because if, if it's our, our it's, if it's my coach from college, he's just gonna hold me back. But if you unleash me on the field of sixty eight team, I'm gonna be off brand Walmart Travion Williams. I'm telling you, it'll happen. I have vision. <laughs> All right. No, I, I you said not. you said you said twelve and a half points, Greg. Yeah, twelve and a half. Which is, I mean, that's a yes, very bad line. Yes, we would need twenty and a half it, minimum. If you yes. get if you gave me forty two and a half, I would take the the field sixty eighteen. Oh, okay, that's good. I thought you were take 42 and a half. I would take the field of sixty eighteen. I don't know about twelve and a half. That's 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 a, that's a look. Keep it within single digit. They're in a sweet sixteen. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let's talk through who this actual roster is because we've got TORC, we've got Ashton, we've got a hell of a coaching okay. staff. Okay. Like who's who's the actual five before but we here's, go to this? Here, but here's here's. Here, here's the other thing, right? Like RC, do you, 
you do, I know he looks like he's 25, but that dude is 49 years old. Like he's, <laughs> I bet he's still like, good though. He, yeah, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So we have, so we you, have okay. RC. So RC's playing the one. I'll play the two. So you got Doster, you got Ashton three. Gibbs. Yeah, Ashton Gibbs. Ashton the three. Gibbs. Do, do not John, put me in this lineup. John not, Fanta, if you want, John Fanta if you want to keep it in twelve, do not Carter put me in this lineup. <laughs> yeah. Fanta at the four as a pick and pop. Daddy. I'm here for it. Uh, Yeah, you're right. We're winning that game. We're we're, we're winning that game. I'll be the the guy on the bench spinning the towel, right? We'll get Dagan to shave off the mustache and getting over there on the sideline just doing the three-point celebrations, right? (laughs) Well, I don't know if I've ever seen that three-point celebration, but hey. Yeah, I don't know. All right, what Trevor Knight. Tre- that 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 was what Trevor Knight taught us. Remember that, Greg? Trevor Knight taught us that one for the first down. Oh you gotta yeah, go. you got to go when you get a first down. Yeah, this is right? the field. Of, well, this is right? the field of sixty-eight, not the field of twelve. Damn it! Keep it moving. Next question. All right, get, let's get some <laughs> questions in the chat. We uh, a lot of people like that hypothetical, so we're getting debates on where John Fanta fits into this playing rotation. Uh, Send us some questions. We'll ask them here to the guys. <laughs> One of these from earlier that uh, obviously I liked. It was my Michigan Wolverines. But, T.O., why don't you take this? How is Villanova going to defend the post in this game? Are they going to switch yeah. everything? I, I, I'm assuming because they do, that's what they do, that they're just going to be just better at it than they usually are. <laughs> because, like, Villanova, like, they, they willingly go into those matchups. The only thing is how many – people have they played like hunter dickinson like he's better than he's better than any five man in the big east and i i say that nicely because i have a lot of respect for nate watson but send that double team over there quick and it better be somebody with size because you saw it against uh who was their last game guys sorry brain fart of the century who they play last greg uh who did michigan um, play who did michigan play last ohio still over Ohio yeah, State. When, when Ohio State would come over with double teams and they do it with small with small players, it didn't do anything because he's so big. So you got to come over with size. You got to come over there quick. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, I, I think that I they'll probably switch one to four. I don't think they're going to switch one through five. They're not going to. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're not going to let Colin Gillespie try to guard Hunter Dickinson in the post. Um, I'll be interested to see if they do send doubles. It feels like the kind of thing where they're just going to try to let Eric Dixon use his uh, his leverage to make sure that mm-hmm. Hunter's got to post up like 15 feet, 12 feet from the basket and then Man, see what struggle. happens. Yeah. Does <sighs> like, do they, I, I don't, I feel like they don't really double team Villanova. I feel like they don't really double the block. They just kind of, well, the, the reason they don't, the reason they don't do that is because who's the tallest big man in the Big East who is actually like a low post threat? Nate Watson. He's probably Yeah, Nate, and Nate Watson is 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, no, that's a big boy now. How I know I know he's I, I know he's big, but you know what I'm saying, he's like, like watching like big 6'9". Yeah, six, right, nine, he's 6'9 six, six, and he's he's strong as strong as all hell, but you know, like in the Big 10 this year when Hunter struggled, it was against guys that were like Kofi size or ED size or those guys, like guys that are damn near like mammoths of human beings like he is. Like when he's playing other bigs, you know, it's that aren't his size. Like someone said, Dixon's pushing Hunter around. No, he's not. He's really not. I promise you, he's not. I love how we just had an Adama Sonogo uh, question in there. Come on, Fanta. You know better. Sonogo's what, six, seven, Rob? 
Yeah, six eight or so. He's yeah, also six, seven, so six, he's eight. also not like a, a push you around kind of big guy. He's yeah. quick feet, quick spins, good seals. They they scheme stuff to be able to get him touches, so he misses layups and loose quick feet, quick hands, that, slow that, IQ. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that should be that should be their uh, that's going to be Villanova's game plan. Just hope that the All American center misses five layups in a row. Sonogo's just Kofi Coburn with training wheels. Dickinson would put him three feet into the earth. Uh, Rob, I got a question for you here from somebody that I can't remember right now, but why the visceral hate for Purdue? Rob, what do you got against Matt Painter? I got nothing against Matt Painter. I literally wrote a 3,000-word a story two years ago about why Matt Painter is the most versatile and the best all-around coach when it comes to X's and O's in college basketball. There's the, I have absolutely no Purdue hate. I love Purdue. They do great numbers for us. Uh, I just don't think that they can. I, I have not trusted their perimeter defense all season long. And I talked so much shit about how they are not going to be able to get out of the first weekend. And like, they're basically a lock to get to the elite eight and they're probably going to get to the final four. And I'm just going to have to celebrate it because it means we're going to do better numbers. So I'm all in. I'm on the Purdue bandwagon. Let's go. I'm back, baby. All right, I, also just hate, I also just hate Robbie that's, Hummel. So that, that's, that makes that's things so think. fake. That's so fake, Rob. You didn't mean any of that. Me? Yeah, you, you didn't mean I, any of that. I, I, I promise you, I, I love when our traffic numbers are high. <laughs> That's what I I'm saying. But I need you. To, I need. I need you to have that. actual love and respect for Purdue because they still have a top five pick in their backcourt. They have I, the I, best I do, front court combo do, in the but, country. I do. I have. I have a lot of. I. I, I love the Purdue program i mean matt painter is a great dude to talk to um they give us great access like there's nothing not to like about purdue except their perimeter defense and their their the way that their guards guard ball screens and the way that zach Eady guards ball screens that's literally the only thing i don't like about them is i'm worried about the they let marcus Carr go off against them right like so that's Mark, marcus that's my only thing I, I, he's empty calories but doesn't matter he's gone I like that. He's I like gone. that. Yeah. He can can I go? Can we? Can we, can we go? Yeah. He's he's Fruit Loops, man. He's uh, he's um, you know, Starburst. You know, empty calories. Those are both. Those are two things that have calories. Yeah, and they're not good for you. That's exactly my point, Coach. <laughs> All right, we have, we have a fan. Can, 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 can I? Can, we have ahead, a Fanta Greg. bomb in the chat. John Fanta active. You oh love boy. to see it. Oh, boy. Uh, who is the player you'd bet on more than anyone to lead their team to a national title? And if all three of you say Colin Gillespie, I'm walking out of my basement right now. <laughs> Colin Gillespie. Go ahead, Colin. You guys are just going to leave. You guys are just going to leave me hanging here. It's not Gillespie. That's, I, I think to, to me, the answer is Drew Timmy. Like, if I'm going to be serious, I think it's Drew Timmy. I think uh, picking a big picking a big man though for the lead. I feel like you got to go guard or yeah. ball down. Jay Nivey. If we're not going Colin Gillespie, I'd go Jay Nivey. I was going to go Jay Nivey as well. Yeah, because they're they're going to put him in spots to really be good and really be athletic. And yeah. it, it's not as heavily. Uh, here's the deal too with the Big Ten. Like they scout each other so well. Like when you play in the tournament, I, I feel like it, it's just such a mix up, right? Like. 
like St. Peter's hasn't scouted or known how Purdue's played or like th- there hasn't been any forethought. Like typically if you have a game in, in, in middle of February, but you're at January two, like you still know exactly how Miami likes to play. It's just the nuance you got to figure out different. Now the tournament's differently. You're basically going from scratch and they're going to be able to put him in a lot of favorable positions. You guys, can I say one, hey, Rob, can I, Rob, can I say one more quick thing about Purdue? Just real quickly. Yeah, go ahead. You can say whatever you All want, right. Carter. It's your it's, world. It's We're just time. It. It, is, it is time for Matt Painter to get over the hump, and I think things are, follow, are falling into place for him. He is a great coach. Like I said, I'm a Big Ten basketball fan. I'm a college basketball fan. Matt Painter is up there for one of my favorite coaches, and one of the coaches that I put in the category that are, you know, great to good, they just haven't made it to the Final Four yet. It's like ring culture in the NBA, like they're a great player, but they haven't won a title yet. Matt Painter's a great coach, but he hasn't made a Final Four yet. And I think like this is a year he has all this talent. He was not able to win the regular season outright or at all outright. He wasn't able to win the Big Ten tournament. Like he needs this Final Four. It is his time. It's the Big Ten's time as a conference. A lot's riding on this. So I think they finally get over that hump and get to that Final Four. And then once you get there, Players like Jay Nivey, Travion, Edie, Safanovich, like they have guys that can get it done. Yep. That's when you Yeah, that's fair. Let, yep. Let me ask you this, Carter, because uh, T.O., uh, Fanta, and I had a long like, kind of argument about this on Monday on our podcast. Um, Fanta said that this is the golden opportunity for Matt Painter, and it might be the only opportunity that he has to be able to make a Final Four and get to a national title. I said it's A golden opportunity in the sense that he is uh, you're never going to get a better chance than being a three seed where the top two seeds have been knocked out and you play a 15 seed in the sweet seed. Like it's the perfect setup. Right. But I, I firmly believe that this is something that is replicable for Purdue basketball. And this is not going to be like the last chance that they have. Where do you stand on that? You watch more big 10 than us. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know if they're going to be able to have this talented of a team with this many guys sticking around. Like the fact that they were able to get a guy like Jay Nivey, get Travion, get Edie. I mean, Matt Painter is going to get his seven footers no matter what that's going to happen. But uh, I I don't know. Everything's falling into place for them for this to be the moment they make it and they got to take advantage of it. And if they don't, then it would be very Purdue of them to not you know get over the hump with all this talent like they they need to do it there's a lot a lot riding on this for them i feel like so here here's my counterpoint to that in uh 2010 they had the best team in the country they probably would have been uh at the very top of the national title mix if robbie hummel doesn't tear his acl um in 2016 through 2018 the the isaiah uh, the isaac haas years right they had teams that were top five in Kempom, that were top five in offensive efficiency, um, that were good enough to be able to make run very similar builds to this year's team. They didn't have a Jaden Ivey, but they had a lot of dudes that were really, really good on those teams. 2019 with Carson Edwards, they had uh, a first-team All-American. They had other shooters. They played a way that was completely different from what Matt Painter had played the previous three seasons. Um, I'll, I'll throw some facts at you. They... Uh, from 2017 to 2018, they had the highest post-up rate in, in Synergy's entire database, right? No one has ever run as many post-ups as they did um, in those two seasons. The year after, in 2019, they set the record for Big Ten three-pointers taken in a season. Um, so my point 
bigger picture is they consistently get these good players, these NBA caliber players, maybe not top five picks, but they consistently get these good players. Matt Painter is malleable and can change the way what he runs. He has a culture. He has an identity. Players develop there. I just, this is a great opportunity for them. I don't think this is the last time that we're ever going to see them be a top two or three seed. I think that's going to be something that is very consistent for Purdue basketball moving forward. But, but I, okay, but maybe even to counter that, like you don't think that that affects them at all, that they have, if I'm a player and I want to go to Purdue and players play to win titles, you know what I'm saying? They're playing to win titles. They're playing to play in final fours and play on the big stage. You have all this talent. You have a guy like Jay Nivey who, Credit to Matt Painter and his staff who've done a great job developing him and also Jay Nivey himself being a good player and developing, but they're not getting the final fours. Like, does that not come into the back of your head? Like, if you want to play in final fours, you don't want to go to Purdue because they don't go to them. And it's not all their fault. Like, against that game against Virginia where they had Carson Edwards, you know, they throw that half-court pass and Diabate hits a random jumper that goes in. Like, that's just terrible luck. But the fact of the matter is, they don't have any final four banners in that gym for painter. Yeah, so, and, and, but I mean, I, I do think part of that is, is kind of shitty luck, right? Like how can you control whether or not Robbie Humble is going to tear his ACL, you know, like that they, they've, I know. They it's just, it's I just, very if, if I, if I asked you, out. if I asked you to list great coaches, they all have final fours. Yeah. But I, so here's, here's the other thing that I would say to that is, um, is they're not going out and going after really like five star top 50 kids they're kind of nobody, getting players that come out of the program the does nobody in the big 10 yeah they're, they're kind of going out like and, and, and getting guys that they can develop over the year turn your mic off greg <laughs> they're, they're getting guys they're getting guys that they can go through and kind of develop and get better over the years, right? There's a reason why they're always upperclassmen. Like Jaden Ivey is the exception. And he even he was a kid that no one thought he was going to be this good this quick, right? They slowly kind of right. grow their programs. I hear what you're saying, and it makes sense, but I just don't think that Purdue guys are going to they are are, are going to this program to say, okay, I need to be there in the final four next year, right? I need to be there in a couple of years. It's like, okay, we're gonna keep developing this thing and we'll get there eventually. Does that make sense? Yeah, but that's how the whole Big Ten operates, really. Though, I mean, there's just there there are transfers. There's just not as many. There are pros turning. There are guys turning pro. There just aren't as many. They hang on to guys. And if you look at even, I think it was this year's uh, McDonald's All America team. I, I don't think there was one single signee to the Big Ten. Now, I did. Oh no, there's a couple. No, they they got Michigan though. That? Michigan's kind of yeah, changing Michigan. that. So Juwan, Juwan, outside of Juwan, I mean. The yeah. rest of the the rest of the league operates like that. Juwan's been getting it, but outside the uh, outside of him, like it's been, right. yeah. They're, they're, it's a developmental league, and you can see that's the reason they're so good during the regular season most of the time because they can be more ooh, complex ooh, earlier. Ooh, ooh, ooh like little slander! You see that? No, little slander. No slander. That's right. That's why they, that's the way they haven't won a title since two thousand. Just say it, T.O. No, it's just they're the only one that's stuck uh, back with the dinosaurs, like how they play. They're just a little bit slower. You got bigger players. You play a different style of game. And in the Big Ten, how you win in the Big Ten is not necessarily how you win in the NCAA tournament. It's not slander. It's just like, what do you decide? You got to play. You got to win the Big Ten or you got to be good in the Big Ten in order to get into the tournament. And then you run into a tough, like, figure it out situation. Yeah. No? Yeah. All you, right. We got near- you, you just never know what's going to happen in the tournament. That's all. Go ahead. Yeah, Go that's, ahead that's that's well. No, all I was going to say is that if if you're relying 
on the tournament to be able to determine what your program is and what your program will be, that is a very bad way to do that because the turn, like it's, it's the best way to determine a champion and it is the worst way to determine who the best team is. It's just kind of, it's, that's the beauty of this month. And it just frustrates me that coaches legacies are pinned. Like people think Mark few is a fraud because he's only been to two of the last four national title games. That, that's just, that's just a bad, that's just a bad take. Bad take. Greg, we got any other questions? Yeah, we got a few more. You can turn your mic back. You can turn your mic back on, uh, sir. For, for the record, the, only your mic was on, not the people's mic, so they didn't get to hear that glory. Just the three of you did. We've got a question from Brandon Beaker here, <laughs> who wants to know who is the best transfer left in the field, meaning the teams that are still in the tournament. And he says fake Larry Bird, which I assume means Brady Manic. He he's one of them. But you also have to look at you also have to look at dude. There's so many good transfers out there right now. Goodness me! Yeah, I, mean, I was just I was just gonna say uh, Bryson Williams from Texas Tech, who's probably their best player. I think he's actually their leading scorer. Do you, do you mean transfer. do you mean Texas Tech's entire roster? Like Texas Tech is yeah, a transfer. I was about to say like, like, really just, I'm just saying I'm just saying Texas Tech like that that roster. Yeah. As a whole, this that is it's, it's been a, it's been a great year, been a great year for transfers. I mean, you got guys like Teddy Allen transferring in, putting up 37 <laughs> points against UConn. Like this is a great year for transfers, <laughs> especially in the tournament, too. They're getting a great showing. There we go. Cam Augusti, Miami. Why? He's why? Really good transfer. Why? Why was that? Why was that necessary? Carter? What was that Providence's whole sorry. team? Yeah, why like the tra- it's, you, hey, you got it. If anything, if anybody's watching this, like. Coaches need to know that, like, the portal is where it's at. You got to embrace the portal. If your name rhymes with, you know, <clears throat> you know Tom, Thomas Izzo, get in that portal. You got to have portal players to win. There's a lot of great portal players contributing to their new teams that are in the Sweet 16. So, you know, got to gotta definitely look can at you, it. Hey, yeah, hey, uh, can you do, game can you, can you do me a favor? A Nimbard and Juzang. Those are two really good ones. Yeah. Oh, Vecini, yeah, jumping in. Um, yeah. I forgot. I always forget that Juzang was a transfer. Andrew Nemhard, we talked about, like, guys that you want carrying your team. He might be the best point guard left in this tournament. Man. He was so fucking good against Memphis. Mm-hmm. He was so good. Um, He's even Carter, better this year, just a gamer. Yeah. Carter, I, I need you to do me a favor, man. That, that message that you just gave to Tom Izzo, can you repeat that and send it to, to Daniel Hurley, too? Let him know. The, we can use a point the, guard. The, the portal is your friend. At verbal commits, put the notifications on. Get in there. Get it. The portal's popping right now, and don't don't strike too early in the portal. It's only going to get better. A couple more guys trickling in there. You can find you can find the next gem in the portal. They'll be coming out. Yep. Uh, Greg, what else we got? Anything else? Yeah, we got one more question. Then we can get to your three cheers uh, for teams that did not play tonight. Unless you want to cheers to the NIT. This is from Chris in Sacramento, and it's the what? The what? The, the three, what? The three cheers. The what? In the, oh, the NIT. For Sorry. Teams, for Sorry. Teams, the yeah, National Invitation. Yeah, what is that? You wouldn't know. I the wouldn't nat- either. The, the nat- National. The I wouldn't know about that. I wouldn't I'm know. Not I wouldn't know. My teams with national titles. The not in the not. Not, not in the All right, this is from Chris in Sacramento, and it's for Carter Elliott, I assume. He wants to know how many Sweet 16s does Tom Izzo have in the last seven years? <laughs> Your silence speaks volumes. <laughs> oh, man. Un. One. 
Also, that question wasn't asked. You realize I had the chat up, right? <laughs> <laughs> you re- you do realize that, no right? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Let's get to let's get to three cheers, guys. Carter, why don't you go first? Uh, you know what? You, you know my cheers is gonna go to because I'm a man of good faith and you know wanting the best for my friends, family, and those around me. I'm gonna give a cheers to the University of Michigan because they did a great job, barely making the tournament. They did a great job. Ward Manuel, shout out to you, sliding a little extra cash into the NCAA's pockets to even get you in there and not get you in the playing game. Cheers to the maize and blue on making the tournament and shocking the world and making it to the sweet 16, beating that great Colorado state team and beating Rick Barnes in March, which is really, really hard. And no one's ever done. Congratulations to the university of Michigan. Cheers (laughs) to you, you beautiful university, you beautiful team. Hope all of you have a great tournament and hope your coach keeps his hands to himself. <laughs> All right. So uh I'm gonna run over to the uh NIT, the not in tournament, the national invitational tournament. Uh Steve Forbes lost tonight, but you want to talk about a turnaround for the ages between last year and this year. Wake Forest got it going quick. There's a lot of momentum behind that program. So my cheers is to Wake Forest because when Wake is good, the ACC is better. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what they're doing next year. So to those guys, the Demon Deacons. Cheers to Wake Forest. All right. My cheers of the night is going to go to the field of 68, right? Us, this network, not the tournament. Because we are heading to New Orleans. We are are doing live shows in New Orleans. We will be at the Gordon Biersch on Poydra Street, about a 10-minute walk from the Superdome, about five minutes and like five blocks away from Bourbon Street, right next to uh, the place where you can gamble down there. And we're going to be doing live shows Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon and Thursday night, Friday afternoon and Friday night, Sunday afternoon and Sunday night. And, ladies and gentlemen, we will be live from the Superdome pregame and postgame shows in the building. I am so fired up for it. It's hard to believe that uh, that basically a year and a half into this thing, we're going to be on site at the Final Four. It's going to be a leech. It's going to be a lot of fun. All of us are going to be down there. Uh, I'm assuming there's going to be a few beverages consumed, considering that we're going to be at a brewery. But it's uh, I'm awesome. It's, it's I'm awesome. I'm pumped up. It's going to be awesome. Um, <laughs> little, little, little Freudian slip there. Um, yep. I don't know if they clipped it out the other day. I was on. Uh, I was on stadium, and I was trying. I tried to say uh, Jersey City stand up, and I said Jersey Shitty stand up, and we had to cut it. We had to re-record an entire show because of it. So uh, that's always fun. But anyway, yeah, we're going to be at the Gordon Beers down there. It's going to be so much fun. Make sure you guys come down and check us out. Come out if you're going to be in New Orleans for the uh, the final four. Come down and hang out with us. Um, we're going to make it fun, but listen, uh, this has been the field of 68 after dark. So for the rifleman, Terrence Oglesby for Carter Elliott and for Greg Waddell, uh, I am Rob Dosser and I am the champion of the night. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com